Good morning. Actually, this is my second attempt at doing the sermon. I, I recorded it once and I got to within about 10 seconds of the finish and my phone went off. Um, so I've turned my phone off, I've put it outside and I'm going to try again. I hope you're all well and I hope you're all keeping safe. Um, and for those of you that are able, can I encourage you to um, to link up with us on this Zoom um, account? You should have had instructions from me uh, by email about how to get on. There's about 10 of us, I guess, at the moment who are, are meeting up every evening at 7.30, uh, apart from Saturday. And we're just praying together, chatting together. And we're sharing communion together. So when you come on, um, have some bread and wine available and uh, come and join us. It's really, really good. So that's the, the commercial. We're going to um, actually meet up tonight at 7.30. Um, and please, if you can, come and join us. OK, so it's Sunday the 29th of March. And I'm going to speak to you from John 11 verses 1 to 44. Now you want, might want to pause uh, for a moment and read yourself uh, that passage, but it's about the raising of Lazarus. And uh, because it's just a couple of weeks from e before Easter, I thought I would speak about it today um, because it was an incident that happened a short while before the first Easter. And actually it sparked off some of the crowd reaction when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, which, as you know, is next week. Do you get things stuck in your mind that you can't forget? To be honest, I forget most sermons I hear within days. That's why I make notes, to remind myself what was said. But there are two talks on Lazarus that I don't need to consult any notes for. They remind vivid in my thinking. The first was a talk by J. John, that you can find on, on YouTube. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Give it a check out if you can. The second talk was quite a few years ago now, but a man called Bishop Joseph Garnington, um, he said that in the spirit, you can go places, and when you get there, you can do things. And Jesus demonstrated that in the story of the healing of the centurion's servant. And of course, in this story today. You see, we don't have to be in close proximity to see God work wonders. We just have to say the word and the Holy Spirit will go and act in Jesus' name. But what I want to think about today is, is also tied in with some verses from John 9 that I've been meditating on this past week or so. In verses 2 and 3, when they saw the man born blind, his disciples asked, Whose sin caused this, his sin or his parents? Jesus responded that it was nothing to do with sin and blame, but was an opportunity for God to be glorified. You know, we're living in very difficult times, and I've heard all sorts of people looking for someone to blame. You hear of young people acting irresponsibly, the government not making people do things soon enough. People who move away from infected areas into the countryside and put others at risk. All these kind of things we've heard. And then there's been conspiracy theories. 
and I even heard that Mike Overd was out in town preaching that this was the punishment of God, like in Moses' day. I think he needs to read his Bible, because the children of Israel were not afflicted by the plagues in Egypt, for, well, certainly not after the first three, but as far as I understand, Christians are not immune from from COVID-19. At home, I've anointed our doorposts around around both the front and back door, just as a sign that the plague will pass over my home. But that doesn't mean that I'm I'm not keeping my distance or washing my hands. I'm being as responsible as I can. And in the same way as in John 9, when Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, he leaves it until he knows that Lazarus has died. There are times when Jesus needs to leave things to die before he can do what he wants to do. Times when we need to die to self. When we need to lay down our ideas and allow his plans and purposes to rise up and live. Jesus allowed this situation so that God could be glorified. Again, I remember in Joseph Galmington's sermon that Jesus went into the uh, went in the spirit to Lazarus and raised him to life before he arrived at the tomb, because when he got there, he just called out, "Lazarus, come out!" Now this bothered me a bit, not because I didn't believe it could be true, but because I imagined Lazarus waking up in the tomb and finding himself bound hand and foot with no way out. Now that would be really terrifying. Now I don't know how Jesus did it, but I believe it didn't involve Nazareth being scared one bit. God cares for us even when he's doing something like this to show his power. And when Jesus arrived at the tomb, just like in John 9, people had questions. The crowd were critical. He could have done something, so why didn't he? Martha showed faith. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died, but it's not too late, is it? You can do anything. Mary, on the other hand, was like so many of us, disappointed with God, so she withdrew from his presence. When she did come to Jesus, she had the same initial thought as as Martha, if only you'd come earlier, but her grief masked her ability to declare faith. And so amidst all this disappointment, even Jesus wept when he saw the lack of faith. But he went to the tomb and he told them to remove the stone. Now they were expecting a stench and I guess they held their breath as the tomb opened up. And Jesus cried out, Lazarus, come out. And there was a rustling and a shuffling and a bound figure emerged into the daylight. Jesus gave instructions to unbind him. Today Jesus sets people free, but he also expects his church to unbind them from all the trappings they come with. I believe that as we come through this time of being trapped inside, just like Lazarus was, we will emerge very different from the way we went in. Lazarus became a celebrity. He also became a target. 
because not everyone was pleased with the power Jesus demonstrated. They sought to take his life and they wanted to kill off Lazarus as well if they could. I believe that when the church emerges from behind doors, many people will see us with fresh eyes. And we'll have tremendous opportunities to build on what we've been able to proclaim from indoors. But we need to be careful that we don't get disappointed or distracted by those who will be looking to blame someone for it. Asking that question, well, why didn't God step in and stop it from happening? I believe our task is to strip off the stench of the past and help people make a fresh start. And I hope that we'll have those opportunities very soon and we'll be back together before we know it. God bless.